right, you ready, Pykel? Yep. Welcome back to the Age Gap Realness Podcast, you guys. This is our second week in a row where we have a special guest. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> Michael the Pykel is in the building. For those of you who don't know who Michael the Pykel is, he is the father of two, most specifically me. Chris kind of counts, but, you know, he's 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 my dad. He's he's the one. Uh, welcome. Well, good to be here, Natalie Natalie. This is his very first time here, and I'm excited to have you here. Well, I'm excited too. This is the most talked about, or maybe I should put it this way. This is the most asked question that I get is around the the parent part and the family part of the age gap relationship. And I know that we've definitely had a process that we've worked through as a family with Brandon, uh, but I want to kind of get into how we told you, how you wish we would have told you, uh, and any tips that you have for people who are in the same position that I was where they haven't told their parents yet, they're about to tell their parents, but they need a few pointers as to the best way to go about having that conversation. Sure. How does that sound? Sounds spiffy. All right. So should we get into how how we decided to do this? I think we should. All right. We've, my dad and I have had this conversation a couple times. This is the first time we're actually going to air it uh, because the first couple times they were just practice. This is this is the real thing. We have a studio here. Uh, so, Michael, walk me through Easter or do you want me to walk? I don't even know how to start this conversation. Do you want me to walk people through Easter or do you want to talk about what happened on Easter? Why don't you just frame it in terms of, you know, I mean, you were kind of in control at some level in terms of the staging and when you were going to kind of bring me into the story. Okay. Uh, what were your thoughts regarding Easter? All right. Well, I fell in love with this older man named Brandon Dawson. You guys know him well. Uh, he cries on every show. I'm hoping that Pykel doesn't cry, but we'll see. No crying. No crying. Uh, so I fell in love with Brandon. I told my mom almost instantly. I don't know that I necessarily told her as much as moms just know those kinds of things. I, I men dads kind of miss those kinds of things. <laughs> <laughs> it's a guy thing. I apologize. Yeah, it's like I don't know if it's a guy thing or a dad thing. I think it's a dad thing. There's like these blinders you guys put on. And maybe we don't want to know. I think sometimes oh. maybe you don't want to. Yeah, you know, I think there's a little bit of a genetic screening. You kind of don't want your little girl. <laughs> growing up you uh -huh. don't want to see her with other men uh -huh. and I think I think there's a little bit of that going on interesting that makes a lot of sense to me there were a couple moments that mom and I still laugh about where you made some comments I mean I'll get into the story but you you knew I told you about Brandon and I and then I essentially broke it off and then didn't really tell you again for almost a year but in that year time frame you saw him a few times and we just acted like nothing was going on. Like you just, yeah, you didn't seem like you even put it together. It was like, oh, there's Brandon, not, wait, Natalie and him have feelings. What's happening? Yeah. And well, I think sometimes you don't know as a father and you kind of don't, part of you doesn't want to know. Yeah. I mean, are they just friends? Are they just hanging out? I mean, um, you know, <laughs> just 25 year old daughter hanging out with a 50 year old. <laughs> yeah, but he, he was a family friend and you know, yeah. you know, we had yeah, known yeah, him yeah. for so long. And so, I mean, to me, he was a good, safe person for you to hang around with in terms <laughs> of, you know, as uh, 
in comparison to someone your own age who is maybe a dirt ball and wouldn't take care of you. Oh. I mean, I see him, I saw him, and I've always seen him as a very protective, mm. almost fatherly type figure <laughs> in terms <laughs> of, um, I mean, he just, he's a take charge type of guy. And I yeah. think that it's, um, you know, as a father, you kind of don't want to know. I tend to... I tend to put things on the back burner. Compartmentalize. I, yeah, compartmentalize, mm-hmm. uh, I think is a good word. And I think that um, you you kind of sometimes hope some of these <laughs> tough spots may just blow over, mm-hmm. you know? And I think oftentimes, you know, just giving things time, as you know, that uh, oftentimes things get better with time. I like that. Things get better with time. Things did get better with time. They got rocky for a hot minute and they got better with time. Mom told me yesterday that she thought that you were going to kill Brandon. Like she thought you were going to like bring a shotgun and, and kill him when I first told you. But then I told you I broke up with him. So you're like, okay, fine. <laughs> Luckily that didn't happen. Anyway, so let's get to the story. Okay. Uh, I guess we should tell a little bit of the backstory. I don't know that I've ever shared this on the podcast. So for those of you who don't know, I've known Brandon since I was 12 uh, Brandon first was introduced to our family because he moved into our neighborhood. He was just probably six like houses down the six road. Six houses down. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and so you guys were friends clearly before I was friends with him or working with him. And Brandon had this reputation in our neighborhood as being this tough guy. Can you tell me a little bit about the your recollection of the neighborhood story? Oh, I mean, I just, I remember Carol telling me about this. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a, there was a burglar apparently that had been um, you know, going around the neighborhood and Brandon confronted the guy out in the street with a car and literally backed a car into the burglar's car and went in and started punching him. I mean, <laughs> it was literally. Like 3 a.m. Like it he was, was in a, like yeah, a robe 3 in, the morning, in his underwear. Just, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it just, uh, it was just almost a larger than life. Oh my gosh, was this guy a superhero, you know, on the side? Oh, yes, he is a superhero. (laughs) But so you heard these stories when I was in junior high. Like this was your your kind of introduction to Brandon, introduction to him as a good friendly neighbor, good citizen, a business owner. Uh, And then I went to school with his two oldest girls. Yep. So you guys were familiar with each other from a uh, friend's parent perspective as well. And Brandon, in many ways, for me growing up, played as some type of disciplinarian because he always would catch me up to trouble or up to no good with his oldest daughter. So there was this kind of familiarity. And what I would like to make a point about this, I was thinking about this on my drive in here. If we can figure out how to do this, which we have, I think almost anybody could figure out how to navigate this age gap conundrum. It is not as if there weren't stories and tension and stuff that we had to work through. And I just, I guess I want to give listeners out there the confidence that this wasn't like, oh, it's fairy tale. My parents and Brandon met and everything went great. And you guys probably see us now and everyone's happy, but it was not like this for a while. And there was a lot going on. There was a lot of dynamics. And I don't mean to say that this was hard and woe is me, but I would like to make the point that if if we can do this, like I'm I'm pretty damn sure anybody can do this because <laughs> of just all the dynamics. So yeah. um, I can continue the story. Uh, fast forward quite a few years, Brandon and I decided to 
I don't know if we decided. Bray and I fell in love. And I told mom. Mom and I had a conversation about it. And I didn't tell you for a little while because we were just going to wait on timing. And I decided that the perfect time was going to be Easter brunch. And how did that go over? That did not go over well. Easter I- used to be a really good family <laughs> holiday for us. But um, bump Well, I actually ruined Easter a couple years before that, too. Because remember I told you and mom that I had a tattoo Yes, I do. I, yeah. Easter, I, I seem to feel a lot of guilt on Easter, so I just like fess up to things. Even as an adult, it's just like any bad thing that I do it comes out. You better watch out, actually, because Easter's coming up here. Oh, boy. But uh, you know, I might <laughs> add that um, you managed to tell us when after mom had taken a uh, sleeping pill and was oh, yeah. uh, half somnolent. <laughs> that was with the tattoo. She woke up the next morning after I told her I had a tattoo. She said, to my dad, I had the worst dream last <laughs> night. Natalie had this hideous mm. tattoo. Mike's like, honey, that is not a dream. <laughs> that happened. She yeah. was beside herself. Yes, she was. But all is well and as well. So back to the story. We are at Easter brunch. Uh, I think we had been to church at that point. Yep. And I decided that that was the moment. I didn't plan it. I decided oh, that was didn't. the moment. No, I kind of thought you and mom knew about it and it kind of set me up. No, we didn't set you up at all. It was just oh. a moment of, well, what the hell? Like, what if it's not now, when? Uh, and I wasn't living with you guys at the time. Like, I was, sure. I was an adult. Uh, so it just seemed like a good time. Probably should have planned it out a little bit. But I told you and you were very sad. Like, you... I don't remember many times you, many times growing up where you cried, like as a kid, I don't remember that, but you cried at that Easter brunch. Do you remember, did I cry or was I tearful? I know I was tearful. I was actually crying. I don't remember. You were crying. It's funny because I've blurred out a lot of this. I remember certain points, but I don't remember the full thing. Okay. Uh, And essentially you said, this is the worst decision that you could make. You don't know what you're doing you need to undo this. There was more emotion around it, but that was the gist of what you were saying. And then I hit you twice. <laughs> <laughs> Not. <laughs> uh, guys, can you can you actually hear how Brandon and my dad are similar in this? As soon as things get a little bit emotional, you guys tend to make jokes. <laughs> like you have these little one-liners that just like snap you out of it. Uh, um, so we were at Easter and you said, this is a bad idea. In your mind at the time, how do you wish I could have handled that differently? Or is there a way that I could have handled that that would have made it softer on you? I don't think I don't think it could have been any softer. Okay. I mean, I think it was an idea that um, I don't think there was any way to sugarcoat it. Mm. I think it was in an environment where, you know, you know we were... It was a family time. It wasn't, uh, it was you know, quiet. It was intimate. And I mean, I thought it was about as appropriate as it could be, you mm-hmm. know? And I think that I can remember at the time just really wanting to control myself, um, you know, not to, you know, fly off of the handle, which I tend to not do, but I think that, you know, it's like, oh my gosh, what, it's like you see this slow moving train coming Mm -hmm. into the wall and it's like, it's a horror story and it's Mm -hmm. like, okay. And I mean, I was in shock Mm -hmm. driving home. I mean, I uh, very distinctly remember driving home and it's like, 
oh my, okay, what do we do now? And you just start trying to grasp it and the you know the potential ramifications. And mm-hmm. I mean, clearly at that point, um, you know, I knew nothing was written in stone. I mean, you know, it's it's one mm-hmm. thing to be in love with someone, but mm-hmm. it doesn't mean you're going to necessarily spend your life with them. Yeah. And I think that, um, I mean, it was my feeling, and I think it might have been your mom's feeling that, you know, even though you guys were quote unquote in love, mm-hmm. that didn't mean, I mean, you were going to spend your lives together. And so yeah. there's there's a big jump from telling your father that you're in love to, you know, getting married and spending your lives together. That does bring up a question for me. If I would have come at it from a more permanent standpoint of saying, I have <laughs> party foul. <laughs> okay, so I, it's not like you wish I would have waited until I was more certain. No. Yeah. Uh, okay, that's good to know. And go ahead. Yeah. No. I, I, and now that I think about it, I think the, I think the more baby steps you can utilize mm. to break this to other people, I think it it gives them a little bit more time to. Mm. You know, kind of ad- adapt to it and you know kind of get used to it I think that I mean it, it may start some conflict early on but I think you know just I mean it was kind of a one-year process or more with me mm-hmm. and then you know even at that point you know I didn't know that you guys were going to get married so I would say for most people um, the best way to you know to break the news is just slowly incrementally mm-hmm. Okay. Steps. That's good to know. Because yeah. I think some people, you you want to give the people, and I struggled with this, I wanted to give you guys the confidence to know that this wasn't just, oh, I'm young and in love, but right. also giving you an ultimatum of saying, you're either going to support this or you're not going to support me and I'm cutting you out of my lives. Like there was this, this in-between uh, point that, you know, I struggled with and in the moment I felt like it, the time was right, knowing that there probably isn't a right time. Right. Uh, I also want to talk a little bit about the location that I decided to tell you this in. So we were at a restaurant. Now looking back on it, I think it was pretty genius that it was a buffet because there wasn't a server coming and like, (laughs) you know, interrupting. So it's still to your point. Yeah, it was still intimate, but we weren't like trapped somewhere. We weren't trapped at our house and then we all had to kind of linger and watch a movie there was like we had easter we had brunch once we were done serving ourselves for brunch exactly and that's what we did we went our separate ways uh from there i actually gave brandon so i didn't give you guys an ultimatum i i don't remember how the conversation ended um i remember the tears and i remember else do I remember? I remember it was a rainy day, but that's that's Vancouver, Washington that's for you. Portland, Oregon <laughs> yes, all year long. Seriously. When are we moving to Scottsdale? Soon, I hope. Carol Workman, I'm starting I'm starting the plot now. Watch out. <laughs> can we can, can you put like Phoenix uh, just uh, can you voice that in at a real high tone like a dog oh, whistle or something? Great idea. So the Carol subliminal listens. messaging. Yeah, subliminal message. I think we need to do that or sunshine, sunshine, sunshine. I love it. I think that's a great idea. So uh, maybe a tip would be telling people this in a sunny, happy place where it's not raining and depressing. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, So after that, I remember I was pretty distraught. It was just emotional. I ended up crying. Uh, You know, your dad telling you that the decision that you're making, for me, this was the challenge. You told me that this was the worst decision I could make. You were very definitive in that statement, definitive in that statement. So for me, 
I had never really put myself in a position with you where I did anything that would allow you to feel that way. Like I, I went to school and got good grades. I did the activities and sports and water skiing. Like there was never really, there was like never, the only bad thing you had done. Up exactly. Until that point. Exactly. Yeah. So for me yeah. to face your, except when you quit water skiing. Oh gosh. After getting se- second in the nation, wow. broke my heart that next year, but we won't go into that we here. We won't go into that here. Sorry, Dad. Two heartbreaks. <laughs> Which one was worse? Probably the water skiing. <laughs> <laughs> well, now. <laughs> right. Now that you like Brandon. Um, but for me, it was just, it was so challenging to get over that you were telling me this was a horrible idea. And I felt like, oh, shit, I have to go fix this. And so I ended up going to Brandon and saying, either we need to be like fully committed and we're like gonna get married, which I'd never pressured marriage. Like I, you guys know this about me by now. I don't want to get married till I'm thirty. Like it's never been, it it's never been something that's important to me. But you needing either like this needs to be firm or this needs to be nothing. And obviously, at the time, you would have preferred nothing. <laughs> um, w- was a huge weight on me. So actually, like Brandon's like, look, we're we're not. We're not ready for this. And he was rational in that moment. I was emotional. And I broke up with him. I was like, fine. If you don't want to be more serious, then, like, I'm dumping you. And I'll never forget, I broke up with Brandon, went straight to your guys' house. I was, like, crying and emotional because I just ended things with this guy that I had just gone out on a limb with with you and told you I'm in love with him. And now you're going to think I'm unstable. But you were happy about it. Like, I th- I don't remember you, like, you didn't high-five me or anything. But you were you were good with that direction that I was now taking oh, my up life. With him? Yes. Yeah. Let, let me ask you this. And I, um, how did you expect me to react? I oh. guess. Um, I mean, you said you were tearful and emotional. Is that because you heard me say it or is that because it was something totally different than you thought or maybe hoped I would say? I don't know that I ever had an expectation for you to say, this is a great thing and I'm excited for you. It's more so... For me, I had never come to you and said, I love this person and asked for your blessing or your acceptance. And so even just being in that situation with my dad was emotionally jarring because they're, it's like proposing to somebody, but you don't really know if they're going to say yes or no. Like I felt like I was throwing right. this idea out and you were I mean, you, you didn't say yes or no. You were just like, this is a terrible idea. Uh, yeah. And I so value your opinion and always have listened to your opinion. Even when I told you I was dropping out of college, you're like, good for you. Go get it. Mom was the one that was like, ah, you know, she, yeah. she freaked out a little bit on that one. A lot. Uh, a lot. <laughs> I think you probably did too, but you're like, you're going to be fine. Mom couldn't understand that I was going to be fine. And so with this, I knew – I also had put you in a weird position with your wife because – she knew, unlike you, that she couldn't – she could not put herself in the position to say, I'm not going to support you. Not that you did, but I, that this is a bad idea. She didn't – she wasn't able to have an opinion because she knew that she needed to support me, whereas you, you could have an opinion. You were the only person that really could have an opinion. Chris had an opinion, my brother, um, but his opinion mattered at some level. But, I mean, let's be honest, not – not so you think level. you think she supported you the whole time or accepted oh. it? Probably more accepted it. I think mom understood. I think mom got it at some level that nobody else could understand. 
and she's actually the cougar in your guys' relationship. She's four <laughs> years older. She should start a yep. blog or a blog called <laughs> Mini Cougar. I'm four years older, bitches. <laughs> Oh, man. I actually never heard my mom use the word bitches in my life. <laughs> she, when she hears this, she'd be oh, cleaning out her ears. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. She's she's nervous right now. You know she's nervous. Oh, yeah. I mean, she told me, what. you better not say this. You better not say that. I said, oh. why not? <laughs> my mom loves us very much. <laughs> we love you too, Mom. All right. So let's move off of Easter. So we broke up. I told you we broke up. Literally, we got back together the next day. Like I realized I came back to my rational senses. Didn't tell you that. Uh, And then fast forward a little bit and you and Brandon were at an event together and Brandon pulled you aside and said, what to you? Well, let's back up a little bit because, um, yeah, I think that I think he had it planned out pretty well. I mean, I suspect I haven't asked him this or maybe I have. I don't remember his response, but it was a big charity event. Uh And, you know, something that's been real near and dear to me is this uh, surgery center I'm building building over in Haiti. Yes. And Brandon um, donated $125,000 to my Haiti mission. Sell or be sold, people. Yeah. And it's like, (laughs) wow. It's like, what could I say? I mean, it was... I thought it was really I neat. I forgot uh, about that. Yeah, yeah. And then, what a um, stinker. <laughs> yeah, he really was a stinker. He set me up, you know, and I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, this guy is like, you know, the, I don't know, the next <laughs> god, you know. And, uh, you know, to have done that, I, I, I was very touched by that. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then I think he'd had a drink or two, you know, mm. let's, uh, which L- is. Little a little liquid courage. Yeah, yeah. And then I remember, you know, he took me out to the side and, um, you know, told me that he had uh, feelings for you. Mm. And I'm sitting there, okay, and, um, you know, we're at this big formal event, and he's just done all these great things, and it's not like I'm going to slap him up and, you know, shoot him down at that point. I mean, it's like, yeah. But what do you say? Well, I just, okay, well, let's, you know, keep in touch and let's go. As soon as the check wires, we can talk. As soon as the money transfers. <laughs> I had no idea it was a ruse. No, it wasn't. That is hilarious. He did donate that money. He did donate the money. Yeah, that was unbelievable. So you just kind of, you accepted at that point. Yeah. You guys were going out and he goes, yeah, I just want you to know that I have feelings for your daughter and they're sincere. Hmm. And so I'm thinking, okay, what do I say? You know, it was, it was almost, it was similar in a respect to the fact that I had kind of been watching as a spectator mm. on this whole journey of yours, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, you might say that, oh, you know, dad didn't say anything, but it, it's almost like you're kind of watching it as a spectator. Yeah. And I, I was kind of watching, you know, watching this whole process, you know, knowing that, you know, you weren't married and I mean, it was still a journey and mm-hmm. I was still probably hopeful that um, it, you know, wasn't it, it might take a, a, a sharp U-turn, <laughs> um, but, uh, but I mean, yeah, I wanted to give, you know, as, as my father would say, time will tell. And as it always does. Yeah, and I think that, mm. um, I mean, in terms of advice to people going through this process, I mean, if there's a way to keep one's emotions in check, mm. you know, not only for the tell teller, mm-hmm. but, you know, for the telly, for the, mm-hmm. you know, if there's a way... To frame it, you know, before you, t- uh, you know, for you women out there who might be posing the question, if there's a way to just get your father and mother or whomever mm-hmm. um, kind of in a place where, you know, 
they're just a little bit mellow mm -hmm. and you know trying to be open and honest and it, setting is so important mm. and I think that I think you did a, a kind of a masterful job in terms of that. Oh, thank all you. In all. Yeah, I thank think you. so. I you know I didn't yeah. try to. Th this was never. This relationship was never about you guys, right? Like it no, was never. Absolutely. It was never intended to hurt anybody. For me, that was probably the hardest part. Was. It was something that I wanted to be so excited about. Like right. I'm in love, and I think that this is the one. And yet, there, yeah. like time had to be built into the process. So it does feel like it fizzles emotions initially because right. you can't like be giddy in the same way. Yep. But you know, such is life. Like we we don't all have these fairy tale romances where right. you meet and everything's wonderful, and then you tell your parents, you get married and have kids and. Yep retire and play golf every day. It's a journey. And Absolutely. I think, um, you know, people talk about it, you know, families are messy, relationships are mm -hmm. messy and getting a relationship to the family stage is going to be messy. It's messy. All right. So can you talk to me a little bit from your perspective as to why you wouldn't fundamentally want me as your daughter dating somebody older? It doesn't have to be Brandon, but obviously that's our situation. But like, what are the reasons? What 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 are the fears as a dad that are associated with it? Um, I'm going to back up a little bit and initially say that you know, as a dad, I think there are a lot of advantages, and I think that so often <sighs> with uh, with an uh, older man, so often they're more mature, and mm. as we all know, men you know. You know, especially twenty-somethings yes. um, mature so slowly, mm -hmm. and I think there's, um, you know, from a father's point of view, having someone who is um, just has more experience in life. You know, usually as you get older, you have a little more in the way of financial um, wherewithal. Yeah. Um, I think that, um, you know, and I think that just experience, and I feel, I mean, I feel, like I said before, I feel very good from a safety point of view when you're with him. And mm -hmm. I think, you know, usually when a woman's with an older man, and this is a stereotype, obviously, but yeah. <laughs> I, I think that the maturity, um, I, I think maturity means a lot when you start thinking about it. I think mm -hmm. that, you know, I would tell myself, I told myself for months, if not years, that, well, she could be going out with some 27-year-old dirtball who, you know, treats her crappy. And Very true. I said, you know, that would be, and I would always compare <laughs> your relationship oh to the 27 year old dirt ball. Interesting. Yeah. Thinking that how much better it is. That's and a good all tip. The things that, you know, that you know, go along with that. Picture whatever worst case scenario. <laughs> so there's worst case scenario A, but guys, there is always a worst case scenario B and C and D. So just think about how happy and grateful you are. That it's not B, C, and D. Like, well, yeah, the, yeah. The <laughs> other strategy is, you know, just come home with some guy who's just as total oh, dirt ball and have yes. your dad tell you that, um, you know, he's irresponsible. He doesn't have a job. <laughs> he's got no maturity. And then, you know, next week, you know, come in with this guy twenty-five years older. This is genius. Yeah. Why did the I not one think too, of the this? The old one too, Natalie. I dated some pretty good guys. Like they were, they were nice. They treated me well. I never, yeah. I never brought anybody home that you guys didn't love. You might not have right. wanted. That for me necessarily, but sure. I think I probably could have done a little better on my strategy with bringing home some like twenty-five-year-old or twenty-seven-year-old who just was terrible to me. That's a good. Yeah. That's a good one. I like yeah, that. Yeah, and I think you never had a bad boyfriend. You're right. And I think that had we had, you know, had you had somebody bad, it might have helped us in terms of the comparison. You're right. 
So you said the positives about dating somebody older as a dad. What would you say the worries are? Um, well, there are a few. Obviously, there are worries. <laughs> <laughs> I'm backpedaling here. That it, uh, just no, just talk about um, it as like a as like yeah. a not, again yeah, not Brandon okay. and me. Question. Like uh, as, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> is it hot in here? Will, did you turn yeah, the heater on? <laughs> yeah. No, I think that, um, I mean, there's there are some fundamentals, there's some basics that you can't deny. And I mm. think that, um, I mean, one of, my, one of my concerns is, you know, as your father, I'm looking out for you for your entire life. Mm. And my mm. wish, my wish is that you live to 90. Mm-hmm. And my wish is that you aren't, you know, widowed at a young age or um, having to take care of, um, you know, you know, let's say, you know, Brandon has a stroke at age 70. Well, mm-hmm. that puts you at 45 yeah. and people do have strokes at 70. They have heart mm-hmm. attacks. They become cardiac cripples. And so I, I am very concerned about your being 50 mm-hmm. and you know not being stuck with him I, I don't mean it that way at all because you love him ball and, and chain well yeah <laughs> no but in you know in a reverse way but I you know I've heard stories even within the last six months about mm-hmm. women in their 50s mm-hmm. who had older husbands and you know they've uh, developed you know dementia or and so I just there's gonna be uh, I fear there's gonna be a uh, there's a higher probability yes. that there's going to be a time when he won't be near as vibrant as I hope you're going to be. That's okay. a really nice way of putting it. Yeah. And I think that that's, um, to me, that's my biggest concern, I would mm-hmm. say. It really is. And that's um, and that's why, and we'll probably get into it on another podcast, but in terms of, to me, it's so critical that he maintains his health. Um, I, I don't want... think my listeners know what you do for a living. Oh, well, I, I help maintain women's health. I'm a plastic surgeon. Peichel, Michael <laughs> the Peichel is a plastic surgeon. So I just as he's talking about all of these different things that can go wrong, you do have the perspective as somebody in the medical profession that is concerned about this on a on a global standpoint, but also very acutely to me and my fiance. Yep. No. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, um, you know, even though as, as my wife would say, I'm, he, he's not a doctor; he's just a surgeon. I'm very interested in longevity. Because she's a doctor too, guys. Yeah, she's a doctor. Yeah. We're a paradox. They're a paradox. Um, but no, anyway. But <laughs> I'm from, I've never heard you say that. Haven't you really? That's, oh, that's a good one. one a paradox. Yeah. Where's that drum? You got the drum and cymbals here? Come on. Um, yeah. Um, <laughs> no. And so I'm very interested in longevity. I think, you know, as Americans, we all are. And I think that um, and Brandon and I have had conversations about that. And I continue to kind of poke and prod him. Oh, and, yeah. You absolutely poke and prod him. Yeah. And I I know some of your friends that, um, you know, some of your recent friends that have been poking him and prodding yes. him that way. And he I, has worked out for the last two mornings in a row at like 5 a.m. Really? Yeah. He's woken up early and worked out before work. 
That makes me happy. I know it does. That makes me happy. And he's and, been eating better. And I don't know if you notice, but you know, whenever he loses weight or mm-hmm. whenever he looks better or whenever he tells us that we're losing weight, I am his biggest cheerleader. Yeah. I no, really I, I know this about you because yeah. it's important. Yeah. I mean, and it, it, it all goes back to this. I mean, I want him to be healthy and live, and live long, but especially as it relates to you yes. and the two of you. You have a vested interest in making yeah, very sure vested. that he stays alive. One of my goals is to be able... I don't know why I'm. Get, I might get emotional just because a I'm sick. So I don't know if you guys can hear that, but like it, I'm pretty nasally and stuffed up. Um, and two, so being sick makes me more emotional. I'm just gonna throw that out there. Uh, so when I think about my goals for our relationship, one of the things I've always said to him is I want to make it to his or our fiftieth wedding anniversary. And then I go, I kind of waffle back and forth because. That means we'd have to get married. Like, if that's a goal, we'd have to get married sooner rather than later. I still don't want to get married for a little while because we're building and we're creating and there's, like, it's just a different phase of life for us. But when I think about him needing to be alive for another 50 years, like, he's going to be 51 in May. Let's say we wait another three years to get married. That's 54. To ask of him that he's going to be around until 104 it's like a big ask, right? Like this, <laughs> you're looking at me like I'm crazy. You're thinking about his, the way that he eats, the way that he drinks, the way that he exercises, how he's maintained his life. My mom's been his doctor forever. All of his medical history, like blah blah blah. But, oh, he's very, he's very low stress. He's type B. You know? Oh yeah, he's he's yeah. never stressed ever. Yeah, yeah, he, he doesn't have any risk factors. But I, I can understand as a dad, knowing that. Obviously, that's what I want for my life too. I mean, I don't, I don't want to be fifty and taking care of my seventy-five-year-old husband. It's a sacrifice that I'm willing to make because I love him. Uh, but I can imagine that that would be challenging for you on the onset of telling me that this is or is not a good decision. Let me put you on the spot. Oh, let's um, do it. Brandon never asked oh, yeah. me questions, so this is great. <laughs> no, let me put you on the spot. Okay. Um, and I don't know if you know it, but the average lifespan mm-hmm. of Americans is you know, somewhere uh, 76 to 78. Yes. And Why? women live older than men. Yeah, women tend to live longer than men. So if, you know, if the average lifespan is 78, mm-hmm. Why is your goal for him to live 25 years beyond that? I mean, to me, that seems irrational <laughs> to be able to, you know, think that, you know, he's going to live that much longer. Although, you know, his parents, I mean, how long they've lived to what? They're pretty healthy. They're very healthy. Yeah. 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 And I think that, but I mean, part of me says, my gosh, why are you in La La Land thinking that? Well, yeah, I think we're gonna we're gonna get married in four years, and then we're gonna live. Uh, he's gonna live to 105, and we're gonna be happy, and then both croak together. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think this is a great question. For me, it's setting the intention that this is what I want. If I just tell Brandon, I want you to live until you're 80, like the stretch goal is four years past the American average, I I think it puts a different level of emphasis on the necessity for him to have healthy habits now. When when you think that you're just going to live an average life and you have 25 years left, like I make it a point to talk about this stuff and to remind him often – I want, I want to make it to our 50th wedding anniversary. Like if, if he has to start thinking, oh, shoot, it's not about adding a couple years or maybe I'll have a couple bad habits that might take a couple years off. Like, no, we need to be figuring out what you're going to do to add 10, to add a decade, to add two decades. 
it puts him in a different frame of mind. And I know that my partner is very goal oriented. So it just, I, I really have found that talking about 105 or 104 makes him change his mind about what he's doing now. But let me ask you this. Do you think that do you think that that's a reasonable goal? Number oh, one. Oh, you're asking my how real. I mean, I'm like I'm not going to what am I going to do? Get mad at him if he if he croaks no, at 80? Like, no, 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 no. <laughs> but I mean I guess my point is an awful lot of how long we live is beyond our control. It's, you know, yeah. it's genetics, you know, be it Alzheimer's or whatnot. And Certainly. I think that um Part of me says you've got this grandiose scheme whereby, you know, he's going to, you know, if he tries hard, suddenly live to be 104. Mm -hmm. And I guess as a physician, part of me would say, well, all of me would say, we can, we can extend our lifetime, you know, maybe from 78, but you know, maybe you get to 84 being healthy. I don't see it as being a reasonable expectation that by doing everything right, by being intentional, by having goals and yada, 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 that you're going to increase your lifespan 20%. Michael, when in my lifetime have you ever taught me to be reasonable? No, I, I understand. I, re- I, I recognize yeah. it's entirely unreasonable. And I'm, yeah. I'm not like... I wouldn't say that I'm holding on to this as some, you know, just like I'm going to hold him to it. But it it really like what are we doing that is radically changing our lives to allow us, just like other people have, to live to 104? Like who do we know that has lived till they're 104? Okay, what do they do in their lifetime to allow for that? I get that genetics is a piece of it. I get that his history from what he's put in his body from the age of zero to now affects that, his his weight, all of that. But, okay, what can we do to control sure. all of that in the future? No, and you're trying to maximize that, and I, I think that's good. I just think, I just think that you're hoping and thinking that it's realistic for him to to um, you know, live to a hundred. I don't think it's entirely realistic. Five. Yeah, part of me says it's like. Uh, I think it's <laughs> funny that you're so hung up on this. Like, well, no, no, this I, is... I'm trying to be honest. And, <laughs> no, no, I appreciate your honesty. Part of me says it's 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 like I'm not gonna say you're out in left field, but it's you're it's like you're really deceiving yourself. In terms of in the, you have to remember, I'm deceiving Brandon. I'm not like first yeah. of all, hopefully he doesn't listen to this. Second of all, it, like I'm telling him he needs to do this. I'm sure, not like sure. waiting on bated breath of like he's gonna live. Like we're gonna be 75, and I'm making plans right. for on my 60th birthday. Right. He and I are gonna go skydiving. Like okay. that, it, I don't hold this as an ideal, but I tell him this is what I want for him. Like I tell him, okay. let's make it to our 50th wedding anniversary. Okay. So okay, maybe we shouldn't smoke a cigar right now, or maybe we shouldn't, right. I don't know, not work out today. Yeah. Like, let's think bigger. Let's let okay. like, put it in perspective. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, All right. Let's so move anyway. off of that one. Yeah, moving on. Yeah. Uh, what? T- how long have we been talking? We have been talking. Will is so desperately trying to point to me. However, the light is right in the way. He's not desperate at all, actually. That was me minutes. being desperate. Mm. I'm desperately trying to look at what time it is. Okay, we've been... I really want to talk to you about the process 
that we've gone through as a family to move from Brandon telling you at a large forum event that he has feelings for me to we vacation together, we eat dinner once or twice a week whenever we're in town, we do anything that we can to all spend time together and you and Brandon have a great relationship. However, I don't think we have enough time to I be think able that's a whole nother to talk podcast. about it now. Yes. Wah, wah, wah. Michael Peigel, thank you so much for being oh. <laughs> my second official guest. Brandon doesn't count as a guest because he's technically a co-host of the show. Okay. But he doesn't really own this title very well. So I don't like to think of him as a guest, but you are a guest. And thank well. you for being my guest. Well, thank you for having me, Nidalee Natalie. All right. Until next time, you guys have a wonderful week.